Thank you for joining us today on Geezers of Gear. Today's podcast is brought to you by ACT Lighting. ACT is North America's leading distributor and manufacturer of entertainment technology products with award-winning brands including MA Lighting, Ayrton, Chainmaster, Luxie Bell, AC Power, Robert Juliet, Zach Track, and MDG. ACT understands that indoors or outdoors, your gear must be rock solid, like the Ayrton Perseo. With its compact design, sleek but sturdy die-cast aluminum enclosures, and eye-catching 148mm front lens, Perseo is right at home on stage with any talent. Perseo is capable of lighting the most demanding of live events while compromising nothing to achieve an IP65 rating that ensures it shows up at every rehearsal and every performance. For more information about the Ayrton Perseo or any of ACT's leading products, visit actlighting.com today. Well, hello there, and thank you for jumping in today on episode number 138 of Geezers of Gear. And so I am not going to do my normal intro where I talk about a bunch of nonsense. Instead, I'm going to dive right in because today is going to be a very exciting episode. I'm honored uh, to be the first guy to, I guess, break more information about this really exciting new company. And so um, I am here today to meet with the top management or executive team, leadership team of an exciting new company called Gateway Studios and Production Services. Uh, I'm sure many of you have already heard of them, heard about them, spoken to some of the guys there, um, but there really hasn't been a lot of press information. It's been uh, pretty hush-hush. So the four gentlemen you'll hear from today are the core leadership group uh, for Gateway, uh, including CEO Trey Kerr, who's an Emmy-nominated director and producer with more than 20 years' experience serving as a video director, video engineer, tour manager, stage manager for acts including Fish, Maroon 5, Florida Georgia Line, and Drake. Uh, COO Andy Gerber has more than 20 years experience in television, film, touring, and live event productions with acts including Jimmy Buffett, the PBR, uh, 20, 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics, the NCAA, and a long list of music festivals. The president of studio operations is Jesse Sandler, who has built a reputation as a top production manager on the ability to organize complex productions, coordinate tour logistics, and thrive in challenging situations. He's been a production manager, tour manager, accountant, and stage manager for acts including Bon Jovi, Fish, Nickelback, The Eagles, John Mellencamp, Morrissey, Aerosmith, Michael Jackson, and Prince. And last but not least, we have the president of business development, David Haskell. 
And David, of course, has served as tour manager, production manager, front of house engineer, and producer for huge names in the industry, including Alabama, Kenny Chesney, Sugarland, Keb Moe, Gretchen Wilson, Vince Gill, and Jim Neighbors. David was most recently president of Morris Sound and Light and still serves on the board of the CMA. So it's an impressive group of individuals, and I'm very much looking forward to talking to them right now. So please join me in welcoming the executive team of Gateway Studios and Production Services. Gentlemen, good morning. Good day, Marcel. Good morning. So good morning. I morning, have, I'm morning. doing very well, thank you. So I have the four guys who I just introduced you to in the intro, and they make up the leadership team of this incredible uh, new company that we've all been kind of hearing a lot of rumors about called Gateway Studios and Production Services. And um, I probably know enough to be dangerous about what you guys are working on and the the things that are going on. And uh, so one of the first things I wanted to do uh, well, first of all, I want to thank you because I know you're all incredibly busy because not only are you doing this, but some of you are involved in some shows that are either actively in rehearsals or getting ready to go in rehearsals or whatever. Um, so I do appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time to do this. I will start with my version of the facts. So you have a 330,000 square foot facility being built on 32 acres in St. Louis. Am I right so far? Right. Continue. So far, so good. 32 <laughs> plus acres. Let's correct that. So it's around 32 acres, maybe a little bit bigger. And um, there's a hotel. Is it called Spirit Hotel? That will be the uh, the operating name of the hotel, yes. Okay. So there is a hotel on site, which has 168 rooms, including 20 suites, 10 of which are what are appropriately being called baller suites. And those are obviously for Beyonce and Jay-Z and those types of people, not me. When I come, I'll be staying in the peasant suite at the other end of the building, I guess. And uh, there's a private airport, which you do not own. We have clarified that. You do not own the airport. <laughs> Uh, but it's literally right across the street, which is incredible because for any of us who has been to Rock Lidditz, it is a little tough to get to. And, um, and also upstaging and a lot of other places, they tend to be a little bit out there. And I guess it's because land is cheap or whatever. But um, so, yeah, you have a private airport across the street, which means that said artist Beyonce can fly her jet in and land across the street and go to her baller suite in the hotel and at some point rehearse as well. Um, there's a budget of somewhere in the range of $250 million on the project and a completion date of January, 2023. And lastly, there is a production company aspect of all of this, which is already underway uh, with shows already out, but tours, including Holland Oats and some other ones going out in the next five or six weeks. So how accurate was all of that stuff? That's great job, Marcel. We're done. No, that's, that's, that's the overage and we can dive into the details as, uh, as, as deep as you want to go, Marcel. No, absolutely. Um, you know, and I'd also mention, you know, not to pump up any heads or anything, but the management team these guys have put together or the, the founder has put together is, is very impressive, obviously very well-established guys, uh, the four of you. 
And um, so I think that's what's made as much noise as the budget and the size and the scope of this thing is the team of people that they put in place to do it. So good on you. It looks like it's going to be a, a super fun ride. Absolutely. We're excited. Yeah. So first question I've got for any of you, whoever wants to answer it, and I would guess it's probably going to be Trey. Um, so where what was the seed behind all of this, uh, thing? What, where did this idea come from? And, um, you know, I, the version I heard is that it's, uh, one of the main founders or the main founder, the money guy behind it is a guy who's interested in reviving this once thriving St. Louis music scene. Um, and so was very stuck on the fact that it was going to be in St. Louis and it was going to bring that, that scene back to St. Louis. Is that accurate? Great question, Marcel. Uh, you know, for for us, uh, for me personally, being from St. Louis, living here for, uh, you know, growing up here, born and raised, I moved back about 10 years ago. Um, you know, uh, St. Louis is very much a music heritage city. It's in our DNA. Our uh, NHL team is, you know, the blues and uh, the logo is a musical note, uh, KC 95, which is a huge radio station here that, you know, you used to tours used to come through here just to be on the radio station, just to, um, sell records. And, and that's what it used to be. And now with touring, um, I feel like, uh, tours route differently. Now they, St. Louis gets skipped a lot. Uh, the music, uh, industry is, uh, is definitely something that is, uh, very close to, uh, our, our chairman's heart, my heart and, uh, in St. Louis and, uh, being able to, uh, bring some of the music industry back to this area is, is oh, paramount incredible. for us and, it, and, and give back to this city and, and add such a, uh, a cool thing that we're building here. I, I think it's incredible. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see the local community get around it. And the, you know, I've read some articles that St. Louis both, from a, a you know a cultural standpoint, but also financially, they're getting behind the project as well. So they're very interested in this happening and succeeding and everything else. I mean, you know, the obvious question that I've heard a lot of times is why the hell St. Louis? Why not Nashville right down the road? And I mean, what's your version of that answer? Other than I mean, the fact that you're from there and and uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. And I, I mean, listen, I, I love it here. And I think St. Louis is one of my favorite places in the world. And I'm, I'm excited and proud to be bringing this project and, and the four of us bringing this project to, uh, to St. Louis. But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, advantages to being in St. Louis with it being centralized and, uh, the amount of markets we're able to, uh, quickly access around us. So it's not just about, um, being in St. Louis in terms of doing shows in St. Louis, as much as it is, as this is a centralized location that people can come in and do rehearsals and use the facilities. And when they leave, there's, if you draw a circle around us, six, 600 miles, it's, uh, it's, it's a fairly a substantial, yeah. you know, that's why yeah. St. Louis is always a big city in the first place was, yeah. you know, if you look at the history of, of St. Louis with the rivers and the railroads and, and everything else was the, the centralized, uh, 
you know, advantage that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the other thing I've heard is obviously like whenever production companies talk about opening a new location in Nashville, for example, it's like an eye roll, you know, it's like what used to be Las Vegas. Um, so it, it seems to me like Nashville is very noisy. Yes. You know, there's probably need for additional rehearsal space there or whatever. And, and I understand that's also being considered, but, um, but to me, it makes nothing but sense that you create this sort of destination in St. Louis and you get the city wrapped around that concept and get them excited about it. And, you know, the fact that you just happen to have an airstrip across the street doesn't hurt. So um, I think it's cool. <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, you know, Nashville, Nashville's only four hours down the road. So, yeah. um, you know, with, with that being said, too, one of our advantages as well is, um, and we're lucky to be able to do this is, you know, we're not building this out in the sticks. We're not building this far from major metro areas. You know, um, we talk about Nashville and how uh, how much it's expanded and grown. And, you know, in order to do something like this, you're so far, you'd have to go so far out of town to do right. it. Yeah. Whereas you're, there's nothing around you. Uh, one of our advantages and one of the things that we have going for us is, is, um, this is built in the heart of St. Louis County and there is anything and everything you can think of within walking distance of the facilities. That's, um, that's a valuable you know, point. Yeah. Uh, like you said, we have the, the private airfield right, right. Literally across the street is the entrance to the airport. Yeah. Um, and, and spirit of St. Louis airport is, uh, uh, one of the busiest, uh, airports in, in the state of Missouri. Um, really? I, I think Lambert, it, I, and it may be different now, but it used to be St. Louis Lambert was, uh, number one in air traffic spirit was two and Kansas city was three, but that's, huh. uh, you know, it speaks to the amount of, um, fortune 500 companies and other corporate companies that do right. call St. Louis, their home. Right. Um, yeah. that's amazing. I think it's, I think have, it's notable. Yeah. Go ahead. Jay. Oh, I, think it's, I, was in, I think it's, yeah. Zooms, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, David. Yeah. I think it's very, it's notable to know as well. The private airport is there, but the public airport Lambert is only 20 minutes away from here. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's helpful. So, so for everyone who's not flying in on their private jets, yeah, you can still get to the studio in 25 minutes. Well, I airport. was, I was just going to ask you guys if you have the, the corporate jet for vendors yet, you know, just in case I want to come in and visit you and say hello or something, do you send the plane or do I have to fly Southwest? Okay. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Um, and with our location, you know, I mean, we have a top golf that's a mile down the street. We've got movie theaters and every type of, uh, restaurant you can think of around us. Uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, shopping, there's all anything and everything is located right around this to where yeah. if you are tired of eating at the hotel or tired of eating at the, at the studios, you can walk down the street and go eat at, I mean, they're, they're building a, you know, they're, they're, there's all kinds of stuff, anything from uh Hardee's to uh shake shack to steak and shake to, to whatever you yeah. want. Um, to, to Ruth and, Chris. a nice restaurant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A Ruth Chris down the street. That's so cool. yeah. anything, uh, anything you're looking for. Well, cause I mean, and, I, I, I know the obvious, uh, you know, again, going back to the eye roll, you know, some artists who are going, Oh, St. Louis for two weeks for rehearsals, really. But I think when you show them the whole package, it, it's, probably a very, very good, 
uh, option, you know, especially when compared to some of the other stuff that's out there. Nobody's building rehearsal space, you know, downtown Las Vegas or on an island. You know, that'd be a nice one somewhere on a Caribbean island, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, I like it. So when, when, when you guys, like I, I assume each of you was approached separately saying, hey, I've got this idea or we've got this idea. The team has this idea. So did each of you just immediately buy into this massive vision of a concept or did you just kind of go, what, you know, another nut with loads of money coming up with this crazy idea? Like how, I guess for everybody, it's going to be a different answer potentially, or you might all just give me the the company line, which is, yes, we believed in it from the moment it was presented. But uh, how, how did that happen? I, I think, I think each, each of us, we all have our individual stories about how it came about, but um, personally from my end, we, you know, at, at the time when everything was moving and shaking, well, more or less not moving and not shaking at the particular yeah. time when this came about in our industry, uh, you know, to get it, to get a call from, from somebody somewhat out of the blue and, you know, you, you sit down and, and you get the concept and you get it laid out to you. And, and sure, there was a little, for my personally, there was a little bit of, huh, hmm, you know, is this really real? But after getting together and face-to-face and meeting the team and meeting our chairman and, and meeting everyone involved, it was, it took me less than 36 hours to make the commitment on what I wanted to do because what's happening here, I mean, this campus that's being built, you know, it is it is a purpose-built campus. It's never been done of, yeah. of this nature, nor with the amenities that we offer and the, the you know, the quote-unquote Swiss Army knife mentality that we have about this whole facility. Yeah. But for me personally, it was, it took no time at all. Yeah. Because the integrity, the integrity of the owner and obviously the, you know, the four guys that are here, you know, speaks for itself. It's, it's a good team and it's a great project. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I would agree with with that statement for sure. So, I mean, anyone else want to share how that went down? Or, well, for me, I mean, Trey uh, first he called me up and uh, you know wanted me to consult on the project in terms of building the studios. Um, and when I came on board, they had they had a pretty good amount of the drawings done. Um, at first, I didn't really think about coming on to the project full time. Um, but then as things progressed, uh, the subject came up and, and I just thought it was an amazing opportunity. Not many people get the opportunity in their lifetimes to build something from the ground up. Right. And, uh, for me, it was, it was a no brainer that this was just an opportunity that was, uh, that, that no one should pass up. Yeah. You, know? you might want to take a little bit seriously. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's gotta, for all of you, there's gotta be an aspect of maybe less so for David, cause he kind of already transitioned to a desk job, but, um, for, easy, easy. for, for the rest yeah. of you, for the rest of you, there was probably a little bit more thinking about, Oh shit, you know, am I really ready to get off the road most of the time, you know? And, uh, so, I mean, did some of that come into play too? Like, am, uh, you know, am I retiring from being a production manager or a tour manager or front of house or whatever? Uh, I'll speak to that. I, I think, you know, and, and going back to your previous question too, you know, a lot of us have worked together in this industry before yeah. we've, you know, between the four of us, we have over a hundred years uh, collectively uh, between us in terms of uh, time spent working in this industry. And 
some of that goes back to what your question is now, which is, you know, uh, David and Andy are, are off the road at this point. Um, for the most part, they do go out and, and manage their clients and, and, and take care of that. Um, as we all do, but, uh, some of us aren't, uh, exactly ready to give it up just yet. Um, you know, for Jesse and I, I, I know I've worked in some capacity way, shape or form for fish for, you know, almost 20 years. Uh, Jesse's been with them for, uh, are been the production manager out there for six years, I think now. Um, right. and you know, those are, uh, those are great relationships that we have. And, you know, for me and I, and I don't want to speak for Jesse, but I would think he'd, he'd say the same, you know, that's, that's part of our, our road family. And, you know, we, we love it out there and we wanted to continue to, uh, work with those clients. And, um, you know, uh, so Jesse and I still do fish. We still go out there and, and, and handle that account, um, personally. And, um, you know, other than that, for me, um, I'm not planning on going back out on the road with anyone else. I've toured with an extensive amount of people over the years, but yeah, that's the one, you know, they got me into this industry and, and I, I want to stick with them yeah, to the that, bitter that end. Makes sense. So. That makes sense. I think being, being a roadie is, is in our DNA. Yeah. So there will always be a component where we will always be drawn to the road. Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, now, yeah, we can, we can, uh, hop in and, and, uh, keep our hands a little bit cleaner on the, uh, the show sites. Um, but we'll always be involved closely with our clients, you know, with our, our friends and our colleagues within the industry. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, there will always be a, a small element of yeah. travel involved for some of us, but, uh, I think, uh, the way our team is laid out, you know, we all balance each other very well. And, um, you know, when there's times where, everybody's kind of scattered. I'm sure, uh, you know, there will always be at least one of us or two of us, uh, in St. Louis on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I think to, to echo and a little bit jumping on what Andy says, I think there's one aspect to this. that's that rings very true. And it's very important is the, you know, the combined amount of strength and years of touring that we all have. Everyone that's on the executive leadership team of this company are road people. And I mean, it's almost cliche to say, you know, built by roadies for roadies, but there's a lot of truth to that, Marcel. I mean, everything that we've done, uh, you know, with Jesse's fingerprints and his DNA all over the design, everyone's collective work and body of work to bring this thing to fruition. Everyone who's advising on this are road people. And whenever you see this and whenever, you know, the, you can see renderings, but whenever the plans, the detailed plans come out, you're going to, anyone who walks into this facility is going to immediately know, oh, you know, holy shit, the, yeah. the docks are 30 foot deep and the doors line up with the loaded. That's incredible. Oh my, there's yeah. catering here. I mean, I think there's a, there's a huge component of that, 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 that we're very proud of. And I think makes us extremely unique. That's, that's an interesting thought. So Jesse specifically, and I know I didn't give you a preview of this question, but I'm going to make one up as I go here. But, um, how often are you guys forced into a situation where the adults kind of slap the back of your hand or say, no, you can't go there. You can't do this. You know, do you ever have your wings clipped a little bit saying, you know, that's ridiculous or it's whatever. No, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a moment where anyone told us that anything we wanted to do was ridiculous, cost too much or 
you know, taking it too far. Um, I think the goal for us was to do all those things. You know, we wanted to build a facility that, you know, took it as far as we could possibly go, right? That that would be someplace that people like us would walk into and go, wow, they've actually done something that, that, that we would, we would want to do, you know, being on the road and, and walking into hundreds of venues over the last 20 years, you know, for me personally has, you know, given me a good perspective, you know, yeah. and when, and when you have that perspective of all the things you like about venues, don't like about venues would love to change, you know, we wish that, Oh, we wish they would have done this rigging grid this way, or we wish they would have set these offices up. And basically the, the ownership group brought us in because they trust us and, and they know that whatever we're doing is for the right reason. So, so give me, give me some examples, Jesse, some examples of things that you did, right. Um, well, I mean, some examples are, you know, the rigging grid, we definitely, we definitely went very overboard on it. I think most people I've heard rumors. wouldn't expect there to be the type of grid that we're putting in to all four studios, not just the big studio. All four studios have the exact same grid set up um, and can hold a tremendous amount of weight. And whether we needed to do that for the smaller studios, we didn't care because anybody who comes into a studio and picks a room you know, we want them to be able to use that room to its maximum potential. What, what is that weight? Well, all, all for the, the biggest studio right now, uniformly, uh, it's 2 million pounds of weight. Jeez. Could be hung uniformly. Yeah, that's what I heard, 10,000 tons. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the smaller studios, wow. uh, the engineering hasn't been completed yet, but we're looking at approximately a, a million pounds again, uniformly throughout the entire wow. building, which, you know, when you're talking about a, a hundred by 150 size studio, I mean, that's a pretty tremendous amount of weight for something, you know, that size. So right. we just wanted to make sure every single thing was done as, as best we could so that no one ever walked in there and was like, man, I wish I could hang this huge set piece in this room. Cause it would, you know, it would really be helpful yeah, I think and, and I think somewhere Mike, Michael Tate is going hold my beer, you know, right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's so, he's envisioning something that weighs, you know, twelve thousand tons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. we just wanted no, you know, we wanted to do it so that every single studio, regardless of the size, gave everybody the same amenities, you know, and the same amount of uh, opportunity. Right. Oh, that's incredible. That's, that's really, really cool. I mean, it's again, amazing to be given that kind of freedom, you know, yeah, to create. Absolutely. Sometimes Marcel, even we were questioning it. Like, are we, are we like going too far? Is this yeah. over the top, but yeah. might as well do it once and do it right. I'll, I'll piggyback up what Jesse said a little bit that we've all been in hundreds of venues over the courses of our careers and no particular arena stadium, whatever is, is designed for show business. So we wanted to take all the pros and cons we've seen and make sure that when we designed this collectively as a team, it was let's do this right to maximize efficiency. Um, so that when people come in, they're not like, Oh, Hey, they did 
90% of this correctly, but they missed the mark over here on this, you know? Right. So we wanted to make sure, yeah, the loading docks were deep and there weren't 90 degree turns coming off of them with your gear to get into the studios. Um, you know, plenty of access, uh, plenty of space, you know, for people to work efficiently, um, tons of power in proper locations. Um, so again, we, we, we were never given, uh, you know, restraints. Um, and so far, um, you know, it's been a pleasure to, to be a part of this. Is, is there, you know, and a little bit off topic, is there a CFO following you guys around going, but how can we possibly make this profitable? You know, when you've got power everywhere and you've got all these things and you've got chefs and you've got, you know, all these incredible things that we can offer, but you know, obviously we have to charge for those things. So is somebody figuring out the math on all this stuff and going, yep, check mark, that's going to work. Or are we just going to figure that out later? No, we, we've been fortunate enough to uh, have a CFO on board. That's uh, not only uh, very well versed in, in the construction industry, but also uh, has uh, done a great job at adapting to what we do yeah. and everything involved with that. So um, you know, the, the great, uh, the great part of, about Joe is, is, uh, you know, he's, he's very, uh, good at listening to all of us and, and taking the data and, and the information that we give him and, and constructing that in a way that works. And, yeah. you know, he's, 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 uh, he's, uh, not as loose as the rest of us, but, yeah. uh, he, he gets the job done and, and he's, he's been, he's been paramount to what we've what we're doing. Well, so. you guys have all been doing this long enough to to know that there's obviously, you know, a box where that price has to fit, right? So if people are accustomed to paying X for, you know, a week of production rehearsals or whatever, you can't charge them X times three or whatever. So you got to still kind of fit in that box. Premium price for premium service, but, you know, at the, at the same time, I think there's probably a balancing act that you have to kind of follow a little bit, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So most people are familiar with Rocklet. It's how is this different uh, or what is your relationship like with them or how does that all work together? I think that, um, you know, all the, a lot of people, of course, there's a lot of parallels drawn between us and and, and the folks at Rocklet. It's uh, they're very in tune to what we're doing. We obviously are very in tune to what they've been doing for a number of years, very successfully. And we see them as, as strategic partners with us, as we see everybody in the industry, I don't, I, we really don't draw the line on competition because I think there's, there's enough business for everyone. Obviously the antithesis of this whole thing came about due to the fact that rock Lidditz was doing very well and, and they're booked all the time. Right. And, you know, I think, I think the unique thing about this facility campus, whatever we, we prefer to call it a campus really is that the, Although we have very, very large studios and four of them on property, the amenities that are associated with this campus are unparalleled to anything that's ever been designed or envisioned ever. I mean, of course, we're looking towards the, you know, the rock and roll aspect of it, but also we're, we're heavily targeting film, motion picture, television and corporate. Mm-hmm. What's very interesting about this is that we have four studios a 23,000 square foot courtyard in the middle of this for outdoor corporate events. It also encompasses a large performance venue 
uh, bar and bowling alley that is inside the complex as well as an office building. So you have four rooms that all can you know work independently of one another, or you can come in and if you take all four rooms in the courtyard, we're, we're the equivalent of a convention center. Wow. So I think, you know, it's, it, we use the term Swiss army knife in both the execution and the design of this whole project. So, I mean, you can have a, you know, pick your corporate, an Apple shareholders meeting going on in studio 75, you know, while, you know, pick an act, Kenny Chesney, the Rolling Stones, anyone who wants to come in. And, and the size of this allows us to do that. Everyone working together separately, you know, right. every, every studio is designed to be its own thing, you know, access to loading docks, to doors, to conference rooms, to offices, catering facilities. They're all individual per each studio, but yet it's easy to turn the, uh, the key card access on. And now you've got the whole place. You know, as far as COVID is concerned, was it harder or easier to get this thing put together during a period of time when, you know, the industry was basically on hold? And then part two of that question is, how do you keep money people focused on, you know, the the long-term vision of it all when the short-term looks so incredibly horrible? So I would say, Marcel, with, with in terms of COVID and everything, we... We had started working on this project uh, before COVID uh, actually oh, wow. came about, and it was a, it was a seed planted and, and something that we started looking at in different ways, and it kind of started to grow um, from that. And I think as we got into COVID, and in terms of what we were already doing, and pivoting, and, and adjusting, and trying to figure out the landscape, you know, it. it it worked both. It worked two different ways. Way uh, one way would be that, um, you know, it showed it showed that to us that we needed to pivot and work on something, and and this was it, something that we uh, wanted to get. I don't think that this would have happened had COVID not arose. Really, um, I I think that uh, ultimately. You know, it freed up a lot of time, obviously, to really do a dig deep and approach into everything we were doing and allowed us to uh, to really look at it long term and, and, and what we were building. And and then with that being said, I think that it also allowed, um, you know, with that free time um, for us as a group to spend a great deal of time uh I mean, hours and hours and hours and hours a week working on this project and pulling it all together. I mean, it takes a really, really long time um, to uh, it takes a really long time to come up with this and design it and build it and all of the steps that go into it in terms of uh, in terms of uh, everything from floor plans to site development to building development to architectural review boards and, yeah, and, I mean, and government it, entities. And it'd all be really stuff, easy so. if you were just copying Lidditz and, and doing exactly what they did, but maybe just sure. a little better or something. This is a completely sure. u- new and unique business model. I mean, everything about it is, is never really been done. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, and I think with that too, um, you know, it allowed us to go out and find 
not just the four of us, right? Uh, not just uh, myself, Andy, and David and Jesse, but for us to go out and find some uh, unbelievably talented industry veterans that are coming to work for us now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I won't dive into that too much, but, you know, we, our staff and the people that are, are working for us now are, are top of the line industry guys that have been around a really long time. And, and they bring that same approach to how we do things. They very much fit the mold of our DNA and, and what we've done, um, in our careers. And, um, you know, we've got a nice family over here. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, certainly, yeah. you know, one of my very good friends, Cosmo being involved in the, in the lighting department. And I don't know if that's supposed to be public or not, but it is now, <laughs> but, uh, Hi, Cosmo. <laughs> but yeah. you know, Cosmo, Cosmo was, uh, obviously an incredible person to bring on board because it's hard to hire people right now. As you guys know, you're probably trying to staff up like crazy. You get a guy like Cosmo who doesn't want to work for Cosmo. You know, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to work for Cosmo. The guy's like the nicest guy in the world. So, uh, you know, just an incredibly uh, strategic, smart move, I think, and uh, a great move for him as well. It fits the culture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and back to your question, if if COVID hadn't decimated our industry, I don't think we would be on this having this conversation right now, I think all of us would have been running in four different directions, you know, would have been impossible and would have just been too busy to even go, Hey, yeah, it sounds great. But you know, well, even just to get a zoom call in place to talk to the four of you about jumping into this thing called gateway would have been almost impossible. Right. So, you know, it's a great point. The fact that if COVID didn't happen, this probably wouldn't have happened. And, you know, there's a lot of things in my own business and stuff that are the same, like without COVID, that wouldn't have happened, you know? So I've but always had it as an opportunity. I'll say, I'll say this, Marcel, uh, when you take a bunch of roadies and, and put them at ho- home for too long, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have to find something to do. Uh, this was very much, uh, you get real creative. Uh, a, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. definitely a, a birth from a bunch of roadies, uh, just really seeing what damage we could do, you know? Yeah. And uh, here we are. That's, so. that's an incredible thought. I, I never really thought of it like that, but but you're right. I mean, this never would have happened. Uh, you know, uh, you all probably would have been happily busy doing whatever you were doing and, and would have continued doing that. So yeah, we, we had too much time to sit, sit at home and yeah. reflect. Yeah. <laughs> and I, an idle mind is the devil's playground as they say, Marcel. <laughs> well, look what happened? I think in, <laughs> yeah. in your case, it worked out okay for all of you. So, um, no question. So I know you guys, speaking of Cosmo, you already have a, a, uh, sound light video production company up and running. Um, seeing that your, your main campus will not be completed until, uh, you know, a year and a half from now or whatever. So how did that all work out? Like, where are those facilities or do they have facilities? What's that look like? Well, we're currently, um, good question. I mean, obviously the, the birth and the, the creation of a production services division of this entity was an absolute no brainer. I mean, it comes from, all four of us collectively have, you know, connections and, and clients that we've dealt with for years. And knowing that the studios themselves are going to require a pretty large commitment from the production services side, it was it, it took us all about two seconds to figure out that this is the division we want to go in. 
and obviously pushing the, the envelope faster and forward to get it done now to service you know, some of our existing clients and a lot of new clients. It's We're currently in two warehouses here. Our, our, our owner has provided uh, the space for us. We're in, you know, I think collectively across the two, we're a little over 70,000 square feet, correct? Seventy-seven, yeah, about seventy-seven thousand square feet of warehouse space plus, as they'd say. Plus, yes. yeah, yeah, and um, you know, we're offering all three disciplines: sound, lighting, and video. And rigging is the fourth one that you know no one ever calls it a discipline, but you got to have it. Yeah, and I think the the joy of it is being able to build a production company the size that we're doing from the ground up. It's uh, it's daunting. It's crazy. It's nuts with the supply chains that's going on right now. But we all have fantastic you know relationships with all of the manufacturers. But being able to not inherit several different renditions of a, of a production company and build you know wow all the distros could be the same. All of my power distribution that's could incredible. be the same. It can all be the same. You know wow oh geez Lord, you know how does one. Yeah, one common cable department for all three disciplines. Oh my God, you know? And then yeah. I think on the, the extremely positive side of this is we've been given this resource that has been so fulfilling to put people back to work. Oh yeah. I mean, to, to fulfilling, to go to a vendor and spend an, you know, enormous amount of money that you would never think about in five lifetimes of dropping this much on a single PO and to hear people in the industry, the supply side, our manufacturers, to be able to firsthandedly contribute to that side of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, some of these manufacturers... Beyond belief. Beyond some, belief. Some of the orders you've placed that I've heard about, you know, talking to some of those people, it's life-changing. You know, it's life-changing not only for the sales guy, but for the entire team. You know, some of these companies haven't had ever in order that size. And even the ones who have, they certainly haven't seen one since 2019. So, you know, yeah. some of these companies, you know, I talk to them every day. I talk to most of the major manufacturers almost every day. And mm-hmm. it's it's been a rough go, you know, for the last 18 months. The good news is they had the inventory to be able to give it to you. Um, you know, but the bad news is oh, they've some, had to carry some, some of that did. inventory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> some did. no, it's 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 incredible because you know, like you said, it's not just recovery for people, you know, roadies who have been sitting around watching Netflix for the last year and a half, but manufacturers who have had to go from hundred million in revenue to 15 million in revenue, you know, virtually overnight and still try to maintain a staff and not lose their business, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's game changing, you know? And, uh, so I, I'm sure you've been getting a lot of attention, uh, because yeah, it's, it is, and we're, we're up and, uh, up, up and running and, uh, we've got some, you know, tours pushing out here in, in five weeks or less That's crazy. And, and we're prepared and we're ready for it. You know, and, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, the size I like to refer to the, the size of what we're doing as a kind of a boutique plus Marcel. I mean, we're yeah. by, by that we're, we're not trying to come out and be some gigantic juggernaut because we're not that that's not our DNA. We yeah. are in the service business. And one thing that, you know, we is paramount to the core beliefs and the statements of this company is customer service. We are in the service business friend into the road. You can have all the shiny toys in the world, but if you don't have the customer service, 
you've got that just a bunch of shiny toys. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, uh, thought because I was always wondering, like you kind of have parallel business models going, you know, the, the rehearsal studio and the production business models are, are parallel, but different. And, you know, certainly they, they work together at some point, but I would guess that like, you're not forcing clients to use your production gear if they want to use your rehearsal facilities, which would be suicidal, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, it's, and I, I, I would say to that too, you know, for us as the, uh, from the production services side of what we're doing, you know, it, the, the studios are very much just another tool in our tool belt that we can utilize with our clients. And, and, and if other, if clients bring in other vendors, we welcome that again, yeah. you know, we're not in competition. We're in strategic partnership Yeah, and we want a good relationship with, everyone across the board, you know, um, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's incredible. You know, I, I think it's a really, really cool way to do it. And, um, you know, the other thing is having the sound lighting video and rigging company in place now, obviously getting some income happening, giving you guys, you know, uh, something to focus on aside from just the construction and, and development of the, of the, uh, the place, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. It makes a huge amount of sense what you're doing right now. So very cool. Um, you know, one of the curious things to me is for when you get four guys who each individually is a big enough name to be able to be brought in to run a company like this, or to be an executive in a company like this, but you got all four of you guys doing it. So, you know, how does that all work out when it comes to decisions and direction? Like, do you run it a bit like a democracy where you give each other that kind of respect or, um, or is it, nope, you know, I get the final decision. That's all there is to it. You know, I got the bigger, bigger title on my name or whatever. I can't imagine that, but, uh, uh, you know, how does that all work out? Like you guys seem to get along just fine. (laughs) Well, I would say that, yeah, we're all very close. We're all very good friends. Um, but for us, it's not about the collective or I'm sorry, it is about the collective. It's, uh, it's not about the I, it's about the, we, and we all work together as a collective unit in the terms of our executive leadership teams. We're always bouncing things off one another. We're always working together, uh, to make the right decisions, you know, uh, I, we, I don't think we've ever looked at it as a democracy or, or vice versa. It's just is right. It's yeah. we're, you know, um, I keep bringing up the word family, but that's yeah. these guys. That's what we all feel like we are part of, you know? Well, we, we all yeah. complement each other very well. Um, you know, obviously decisions as they pertain to, uh, lighting and sound, we tend to let David drive and steer on those, um, you know, I think the rest of us know enough to be dangerous about him, but, and vice versa, you know, we, you know, when it comes to video related things, Trey and I weigh in heavily. Um, and then when it comes to, Hey, a vendor versus, uh, you know, what, what does a production manager or tour manager expects? That's where we get Jesse to, to keep yeah. us in line and tell us, Hey, this is important. This is not. Um, so we all complement each other well. Um, and I think that's what has made this, uh, made this work very well so far and we'll make it, uh, 
very successful in the future is because we all bring that that different experience to the table. Yeah, I, I really get the feeling it's a team. You know, it, it's an executive team. It's not like four titles that have four completely separate jobs or whatever. It's an executive team. And, uh, and it just makes a huge amount of sense, especially since, as I said earlier, or you guys confirmed earlier, some of you are going to still be out doing some shows. And obviously there needs to be sort of a shared wealth of information and, and the ability to function. You don't get paralyzed when, uh, you know, Trey is out for a couple of days or something, you know, it doesn't stop the whole process. Kind of I, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it strengthens the process, Marcel. The fact that you have four people that, with the, you know, the combined, we'll call it wealth of knowledge or, or, you know, talent pool that we have here. Not many people can pull that off yeah. as far as being able to go out on the road and do things. And the talent pool that we have is everyone is diverse, yet everyone is exactly the same. We are all cut of the same cloth of the same culture, pushing for the same goal yeah. all the time. Yeah. And everyone's diversity gives us, you know, both an introspective look at ourselves, but yet also some very, very interesting perspectives on, you know, how, you know, what would Jesse Sandler do? I mean, but you know, how many people in this industry would love to have that resource to go, man, or what would Cosmo do in this incident or what would Trey or what would, Instead of having it, it's right here in our backyard. That's yeah, yeah, that's we can huge. call Jesse Sandler. How many people would want to? Yeah. How many people would want to get inside his head for a little while? Yeah, you know, and, and bounce some of these things. Scary, yeah. it is. <laughs> that's I love good. It. That's yeah. classic. Well, and Marcel, the, the fact that that there's still opportunities for all of us to be out on the road in some capacity keeps us on our feet, keeps us on our toes. You know, <laughs> I mean, we stay up to snuff on what the newest, latest, greatest of anything and everything is we're not stuck behind a desk, uh, you know, getting, getting lazy and, and forgetting about what's important out there. Uh, so, you know, there, we've, we've got that component going for us and, and we're kind of taking the same approach with a lot of the, the folks that we're hiring is, Hey, this isn't a get off the road and park yourself in a shop for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years job. We want you to go out and still do some mm-hmm. things here and there and, and, stay involved. You know, you maintain a certain sort of credibility by doing that too. Like, you know, I could see Jesse, if you completely went off the road and we're no longer a, a, you know, top level production manager or whatever, people might go, Oh yeah, well he used to do this stuff or, you know, now he's just, now he's just a sales guy for this big company over there generating money or whatever. Right. But you still have the credibility. You're still a doer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it legitimizes what we're doing you know, obviously most of, uh, you know, most of the people who come off the road and, and take nine to five jobs, you know, no, no one's saying they're not legitimately road people or they know what they're doing, but, uh, you know, we'd like to, we like to stay active in the industry that brought us all together. Right. I mean, we're, yeah. we're doing this for touring people. We're doing it for roadies. We're doing it for people just like us. So, we never want to lose that perspective of what that's like. I mean, maybe at some point when we're 60, yeah, I don't want to be riding a tour bus anymore, but for right now it's what I do and it's what I love to do. And it only makes, it only makes the studio stronger and it makes the team stronger. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, the other interesting (laughs) thing is like as big and powerful as this business will be, uh, 
I haven't really spoken to a lot of people who have said, you know, screw those guys, you know, like treated you like competitors, you know? And I mean, even some of the biggest companies out there who I've talked to about this haven't said, like they haven't puffed puffed up their chest and gotten defensive. Uh, They've kind of gone, hey, you know, I like what they're doing. I think there's a lot of promise to that business model. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I forget how you just characterized, uh, David, your, your sound lighting video company as being, you know, how did, how did you just characterize it? You made it not so that it's the very top tier, but it's, it's a boutique, 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 boutique plus. Boutique plus. And, and that, Perfect. And that, that, that drills back home to our philosophy for the, how we want to operate our business. Boutique plus is not just the size, but it's a mentality and it's a culture. Yeah. Boutique meaning you come to us because we know we have exactly what you want on the shelf and we know what your favorite color is and we know what you like to eat and, yeah. and we know who you are and yeah. we don't ever want to lose that aspect of knowing our clients. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it happens quickly if you, if you start losing that. Yeah. Happens very quickly. So speaking, speaking of clients, what's your, what's the first uh, tour going out and, and how's prep going for that? Uh, we're, we are welding and, uh, we are putting things together as fast <laughs> as possible. Uh, we yeah. sent a, we sent a dry hire out for a, a very large residency that's in Vegas that I think it's already left the, left the dock. Cool. Um, obviously we have some, uh, some fabrication and some custom components that are getting ready to go out, uh, to it, to enhance and, and to add on to, to fish's, um, current design and lighting tour. And then, uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates will be our, you know, a lighting tour that's going out of the shop with some very, very well-known folks on the crew as well. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, we'll get yeah. into that here yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, the, and, and just constantly bidding things on the video side. I mean, it's, there's a lot of, uh, we're very blessed Marcel in that there's a lot of interest. Yeah. People are having a lot of interest in something that's new. Yeah. You know, no, that's cool. That's cool. And especially video. from a timing standpoint, it's, you know, challenging, but very cool. You know, it's mm-hmm. such an interesting time. Has, has an offer gone out to Seth yet? I know he's a local boy, right? So Seth must be coming in for a desk somewhere. Yeah. He, we've, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's been contacted. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We, I love we've had Seth. Convers- I love Seth. We, we've had conversation with that, uh, with, with everybody, you know, what? in the, the St. Louis area is, you know, we're very excited. We're quote unquote, you know, Trey's been here and grown up here his whole life, Yeah. but the three of us are kind of our newcomers here, you know, and yeah. we welcome, you know, work inside the St. Louis area too. It's a, yeah. it is a huge untapped market is yeah. the way we see yeah. it. We're, we're very excited to, to give back and be able to provide some services in an area where, you know, maybe the, the level of services that we're going to provide weren't available. Yeah. David, I know a lot of the stuff I, I've heard that you've been acquiring on the lighting side, but from an audio standpoint, is it DNB? Yes, we're gonna we're gonna lead with DNB product. Absolutely okay. absolutely. Cool. Yeah, all the the entire SL series. And um, we have a fabulous new addition to our team who's actually gonna be overseeing the the audio department. His name is Chris Clark. Okay. Um, Chris is a very, very, very intelligent, uh, driven young man. And, uh, we're very excited to have him. Good. Good. Yeah. So I, I, is there anything I've missed guys? I don't know if I've covered everything here, but, uh, I don't want to keep you all day either. I know you have a little bit of stuff to do. Um, 
what have I, I I think that I think one thing that probably should touch on is and maybe Jesse can or Trey can jump in on this is the inner workings of the studios. It's not just the boxes. I think the most the intriguing thing that we're offering here in this complex and this campus that we have is it's unrivaled. It's the amenities. I mean, this is not a box with a concrete floor. I think that's one thing that maybe Jesse can speak to a little bit that, you know, the level of detail and the amenities and the finishes of this whole thing is unrivaled. Uh, I mean, sure. I can speak to some of it. Um, I mean, what, what we have going on is, you know, we have four studios, each studio basically comes with the same amenities, just at a different scale. So uh, Studio 80, which is our biggest studio, um, you know, that's 300 by 175. Uh, and that has an 80 foot grid. And that comes with dressing rooms, offices, um, an immense catering room. I mean, you could see 200 people in it. Wow. Um, and, you know, the other studios, Studio 75, 65, um, and 50, although they're smaller, ranging from 150 by 100 um, to 100 by 125, um, you know, they all come with similar dressing rooms, offices, catering areas. Um, so no one studio lacks in any department, it's just on a different scale. So that was, first of all, we wanted all studios to provide everybody with great amenities. Um, we have a huge warehouse on the property, which will support, uh, sorry, not warehouse, uh, support area, which will, you know, we'll be able to use for tours to whatever they need to do, fabricate, uh, you know, we can store gear there. Um, we have a wood shop that we'll be setting up for, you know, visiting productions to come and give the carpenters a place to build stuff as opposed to, you know, throwing them on the loading dock as most people do, because there's really no proper facilities for them to use. Um, all of this is surrounded by a massive courtyard, uh, which is nice to have the outdoor space. Plus it can be an event space, um, you know, and it just gives people a chance to, uh, you know, be outside as well as inside. Um, we're going to have a almost 6,000 square foot kitchen to service all of these studios. So we're going to have, you know, top of the line food. We have a great chef on board. Um, and we all know that's important, right? To have yeah. uh, good food when you're rehearsing. So you'll all be home. slightly larger next time I see you. Some of us will be. I'm, I'm, I won't say who on this call yet. We'll see how it goes. Um, He's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the one testing all um, the food for the menus and stuff? Yeah. I might. I might have to. Yeah, you know? there you go. We'll check in with Trey in another six months and see yeah. how he's doing on the uh, scale. But <laughs> I have to. I, I'm gonna have to go work out with Jesse on tour so I can drop a few That's LBs. Funny. Push some That's cases. True. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, to, to, to piggyback off of Jesse, what he's saying too, um, you know, it's studios designed by roadies, you know, for roadies. I, you know, I know we keep saying that, but it's true, but ultimately, you know, this, this whole facility campus is designed, uh, to be completely segregated, uh, from one another to where all the studios have 
the same type of amenities. Obviously they're scaled to the size of the studios, but um, to where if you have Beyonce in one room, fish in another room, uh, Bon Jovi in one room and uh, uh, hollow notes in another, um, they never have to have this cross interaction um, that it, it's all from a security standpoint, from a flow standpoint, from a catering standpoint, every aspect uh, that, that the, that the clients would utilize in the studios are, are, are separate. They're their That's own. Wild. Right. So <laughs> the studios have each studio has their own docs. Each studio has their own catering, their own offices, their own dressing rooms. Damn. Everything has been completely uh, split apart in terms of, uh, that. So you um, literally so, could cater to four acts at the same time and they correct. really don't have to bump into each other. Correct. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Um, yes. and then, you know, Impressive. um, part of the, part of the, the, the fun part of it too is, is, you know, when people are done, we do have a, it is not a public, uh, area. It's a, it's a private area, but, uh, we call it be good lanes. Uh, if you want to figure that one out, Marcel, I'll let you take a crack at it. Uh, but, uh, you want me no, Johnny be good. Yeah. Chuck Berry. Of course. St. Louis. Yeah. Of course. But, uh, and, and everyone has to be good when they're there too, Marcel. That's, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But yeah. you know, a place where who where, isn't in our business, you know, yeah. all good all the time. What about, exactly. what about from a, like a theme decor, whatever you want to call it? Like, is the whole place going to be sort of uh, a St. Louis musician memorabilia kind of feel or, or just gray walls or, you know, what's the plan there? As much as we love gray walls. <laughs> um, no, I, I think we're talking with some, some uh, production designer artist elements that, uh, we can do a different vibe in, in each space. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it has a different look and vibe. I, I, you know, I know that, you know, Jesse's, uh, you know, the, with his rock and roll pedigree has spent a lot of time and, and has a lot of friends in the industry. I know, you know, one thing we like to talk about is, you know, uh, Jesse's father, uh, and his, his, uh, being a, a photographer after he retired and, and being an excellent photographer and, you know, there's, so there's all different types of art elements that we're going to bring into the, to the campus and, and try to showcase in other way, uh, in, in certain areas and places in the studio. So, yep. and, and there, and, and, and possibly a, uh, something that's brand new and unique that uh, no one has seen yet. Uh, think of a, a little bit of a, a, a museum history type piece to a certain section of it. We'll leave it at that. Well, that's not very nice. <laughs> that's for episode threw a two, bunch of Marcel. bullshit out there that i don't even know what the hell you're talking about and then you say we'll leave it at that how do you well, do that you know yeah, it you might be that. a like a, a history of touring type of thing Ooh, there you go yeah something, something roadies will enjoy seeing what else what else haven't we covered i think we've covered so much jesse i i feel like you're not telling me everything you, we went over the the grid and um, we talked a little bit about the studios themselves, but there's got to be some other massively unique stuff about these. And you're muted, by the way. So before you try and answer and you look silly, um, you know, if there's anything else, you know, that that like what's going to go on the brochure that goes out to Beyonce to say, hey, this is where you should rehearse. Here's why. 
I don't know why Beyonce is. Is, is, is she? Is she? Can we tell everybody she's the owner of this thing or something? We've we've noticed her. We've written her name a thousand times. It's just I have a I'm very kidding. small brain. And it's just the name that keeps popping in my head for some reason. Well, it's not a, not a bad vision. Yeah, <laughs> she seems to have a lot of money. <clears throat> well, yeah. I can tell you, she puts on a big show, and and our studio eighty is you know it's three hundred right. by. 175 yeah. so i mean we can accommodate any size tour in these facilities so is that true though right. any size tour like a u2 stadium tour uh absolutely it's the size of a stadium if you it's yeah. the size of a football field yeah it's true it's the size of a football field studio without, the, without the end zone suite correct we left those off so what do the numbers and mean it's studio the great heights and all the great heights figured yeah, yeah. But I think to piggyback on maybe something that Jesse said or or didn't get to as far as the different studios power, you know, studio 80 has what 4,800 amps of three phase in it. Wow. And I got more power than you could ever, ever. Yeah. And I believe the other three studios are all the same with 3,200 amps of three phase. So, you know, we, again, we tried to think of anything and everything. Um, So, Hey, if somebody's got, you know, heavy lighting, conventional, you know, conventional lighting rig, we're not going to be starved for power. Are our friends calling and trying to stump you going? Yeah. But what about this? What if I want to, we, we, we tried to stump ourselves yeah. for almost a year. Yeah. And I think that's probably why this has, has been. And I, I think probably the biggest thing about this, Marcel is it's all good, but the most exciting thing about it is it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, to us to to get through all this planning and phase, you know, phases and phases and phases of approvals and planning the most exciting thing about this project that it's, it's done. We're not, uh, it's, it's not a pipe dream for us anymore. And it's not a render. This yeah. is going forward and we are building this and it's, that's it's a very good, exciting very, thing. very important point because, you know, I've seen a lot of different plans and big dreams and all of these things. This is fully funded. This is developed, designed, engineered, all of that stuff. And when do, or uh, when do you break ground? I think it's really soon, right? July 14th, so 7 14 Wow. That may have been and, intentional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And you're welcome. You're welcome to join us on the site, Marcel. For what? For the groundbreaking. Yeah. I want to wait until you, I want to wait for the baller suites. The okay, fine. Yeah. No, yeah, I want the baller suite. Okay. I want the baller suite. I don't want to stay at the freaking holiday inn. I want a baller suite. That's what I want. No, yeah. that's, it's, uh, it's a tremendous project. I mean, congratulations to all of you. The, this, this thing that you're involved in, I think is probably one of the cooler things to happen in this industry in a very long time. And, uh, and you guys are sitting at the top of the top of the mountain yeah. here. So it's pretty well, exciting. We're, we're, uh, we're at the, we're at the bottom of it right now. We're building the mountain. <laughs> we're pushing the dirt up yeah. right now. And, and yeah. I, you know, one. Yeah, we've we've got a web gsps.com yep. is our our splash page. It's that's where our website will. But if you know anyone wants to see information, that's going to be the place to go to get, you know, what's happening and officially and then you know, hopefully whenever we, you know, get up and building, maybe we'll have a, a live camera on the process of it building. Right? Oh, that'd so be fun. We can all watch it together. Yeah, you know, it might be, be fun. something fun like that. That'd be fun. No, it's super exciting. And, uh, you know, once again, I appreciate all you guys taking the time today. I know how busy you are and uh, some of you even on site or one anyways, Jesse. So um, I, I do appreciate you doing it. I know there's been a very limited amount of news and information on this project out there. 
So I'm very grateful for you uh, sharing it all with me today. Well, we appreciate that. Um, you know, obviously we're all very passionate about the project, yeah. um, excited about it. And, um, you know, people, people that have our information reach out. We, you know, we're happy to talk about it further, you know, answer more detailed questions um, if people have them. So, yeah. How, how do people reach you guys? Uh, what is the best way to reach you? I, I know David mentioned the website, but um, phone number. If, yeah. If you go to the website, uh, oh, the Marcel at the bottom, there is a contact uh, form as well as the, uh, the phone number okay. uh, uh, for the, uh, the offices. Yeah. And then obviously uh, most people in our industry probably already have one of, of our phone numbers. Yeah, so. of course. <laughs> and, and you've probably hired a receptionist just to handle the vendor calls. We do. We're trying we to do. sell you gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, amazing. Best of luck to you guys. And I look forward to watching this thing uh, happen. And uh, I love what you're doing and super excited by it. So appreciate you taking Thank the you, time. Thank you, Marcel. All right. Thank gentlemen. you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having for the time. platform. All right. Thank you. Allowing us Thank to you. do it, buddy. Thank, Thank you, you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, bad.